Hello there, this is Milena, your host of Retail Mavericks podcast. In this episode, we have taken a popular webinar and converted it into a podcast for your listening pleasure. You can visit hybrid.com forward slash resources to watch the full webinar. But for now, let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CMA SEMA Weekly Webinar Series. I'm Jackie Lewis, VP of Content here at the CMA, and I'm going to be your host for today. So with limited shelf space, different store characteristics, merchandising and store constraints, along with current supply chain challenges, merchants and category managers are increasingly under pressure to get assortment and planograms right and deliver them quickly. And today we are joined by Hyvery to review the top five pain points they see their clients experiencing and how their product Curate addresses these challenges. From Hyvery, we are joined by Chad Murphy, analytic consultant with 13 years of experience advising on multi-billion dollar beverage categories and previously had responsibility for Walmart's transportation financial planning. I'm also happy to introduce Lance Lockwood. He's been a category analyst at Hyvery for the last two years and previously spent time at Haynes Brands and Hearts Mountain on the supplier side. So welcome to Chad and Lance and great to have you here. As anyone in the audience has any questions for either Chad or Lance today, feel free to enter those in the chat box in the upper right-hand corner of your screen at any time. And if we don't have time um, and we, for all of those, we will certainly follow up with you at the end. But I will come back on after prepared remarks to field some questions uh, for, for Chad and Lance. So um, finally, we will also be sharing the recording with t- uh, registrants uh, and CMA and SEMA members after today's webinar. So don't worry if you miss something, we will we'll be sending out an email letting you know when it's posted in our resource library over the next couple of days. So uh, with that out of the way, welcome guys, great to have you here and I will go ahead and hand it over to you. Awesome, thank you for that. And welcome everybody, um, we're, we're super excited to be here today and um, share with you some of our thoughts about you know, what's going on and what are some of those top pain points that we're facing uh, in the industry. Um, To kick us off, we wanted to go ahead and talk about what we want to cover today. If we look to um, uh, where we came as a company and how we came to, uh, to bring Curate to the forefront, we want to talk a little bit about our background, some of the high high level industry concerns that we're facing um, facing today, uh, real concerns that we have, as well as talk about those top five pain points that we've uh, narrowed down from such a large list. We know there is a very large list. Um, and then really dig into each of those and how we can approach those with AI. And then really get some feedback from you and questions on some of the pain points you're facing and anything you'd like to like to ask us. So with that, just like to to dig in and <clears throat> give you a little background about why Hyvery and who is Hyvery. So Hyvery was founded in Australia over six years ago um, as part of the Coke Founders Program. Uh, Coke Bottler had asked Hyvery to figure out how do we decrease restock visits and increase sales across thousands of, of vending machines in Australia. And so they started with the data and through a partnership with Australia's leading data science organization, found that utilizing artificial intelligence, they could predict how 
all of those items would do from a revenue and movement standpoint in every single vending machine. Think of it in terms of unique fingerprints. So implementing the right assortment um, and smoothing days of supply, that allowed them to drastically increase sales and decrease the number of trips to restock each of those machines. And so thinking about each one as an individual fingerprint, we might think about the difference between a vending machine in a break room at a hospital versus the vending machine in the waiting room. They service very different kind of groups. And so being able to do this manually can be very problematic when it's across thousands and thousands of vending machines and isn't really realistic without technology. And so implementing this solution, they were able to decrease operational costs by 15% and increase sales by 20%. And so with those kind of results, needless to say, uh, the bottlers were, were blown away and the vending machine really picked up steam across Australia and Japan. The next evolution was four years ago when the Coke category management team was tasked to do something similarly at Walmart. Um, in a space of constrained points of distribution, they were tasked with increasing sales year over year. And Hybrid uh, or Coke had heard about Hybrid and the work they were doing with vending machines and said, well, what's, what's a big shelf at Walmart aside from just uh, a big vending machine, right? So while they're different, there's a lot of similarities there. And so utilizing this, putting their heads together and utilizing AI in a different approach, um, they were able to do exactly what they set out to do, increase sales in the face of uh, in increased pressure on points of distribution, also more easily balanced DOS, and one of the key things was build more inroads with all of the stakeholders. So from there, we're actually going to learn a little bit more about pioneering some of those hyper-local retailing solutions. So I'll kick it over to Lance for that. Yeah, so unlike a vending machine, uh, the retail store is a very different landscape, right? You can't just pull an item out and put an item in from week to week, right? It's a huge planning process, right? It can take anywhere from six months to 12 months. So it's very difficult, right? So we think about it in these three main pillars, right? Category strategy, planning and optimization, planning on creation and execution. Now, even though this looks like a, a linear progression, we all know that that's actually not the case because it's a very chaotic environment, right? So you're jumping from the end to the beginning to the middle and then back and forth and all around, right? So Curate was designed to kind of help in this first uh, pillar, right? So all the what ifs you might have. And most of the innovation that we've seen so far has been in the, the latter two. But as Curate has kind of progressed, it's also become able to do the other pillars, right? And one of our main objectives is to just help you guys take the time, right? Take the time away from all that manual labor that you're doing and come in with AI and help assist, right? And that's where we say we want minutes, not months. 
Now we're not saying we're gonna be able to do your whole relay process in minutes, but can we do some optimizations on space in minutes? Definitely. So, we're gonna go into our kind of top level, macro level uh, concerns that we've got going on right now, and then Chad's gonna dive in deeper to the details. So now more than ever, we are swimming in data, and that's, that's challenging. And you have to leverage that data, right? So do you have the right tools to do it? It's tough. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. And then with all this data, now you're having all these different customer segments that are opening up, all this data that's driving you to certain customers, now you have to use it to help them. And then the through line going through all of this is just this chaos in our natural environment, right? Whether it's heavy rains, whether it's hot weather and potential instability, you know, even in Europe is driving change at the local level. So now, you have to get all of the products where they need to be, new products, old products, to the customers. And you have to manage your internal stakeholders, your external stakeholders, and then manage your time with all of these different people, right? And then all throughout this, as if this wasn't enough, you have to be flexible and indispensable. Now Chad's gonna take it over to some nitty gritty details. <laughs> Thanks Lance. Um, yeah, so as we look at that, we realize we face a lot of kind of macro pressures in our, in our jobs. Um, but what are some of the more granular micro pressures that we, um, that we experience? You know, sometimes on a day-to-day -day basis um, and sometimes um, more rarely, but um, let's, Let's look to our next slide. And this is where we wanna dive into what those top five pain points are that we've talked about. Now, this is a culmination or work that we've got, uh, we've brought about with working with some of the top CPGs and retailers in the country. Um, and then also surveyed a number of category and merchant professionals to understand what are some of those commonalities we see in the, our top five pain points. Now, when we compiled the list, it was really, you know, I think uh, I think the first list I had was like 50 to 75 of these uh, unique ones, right? Um, we know that there are a ton of pressures that we face on a day-to-day -day basis, but would love to hear from you. Um, if we don't get to talking about all of them, would still love to see you put it in the chat if you have any thoughts um, as to what some of your top pain points are. And so would love to um, love to dive into that a little more, uh, maybe even later. But what are the top five that we're looking at uh, for today? The first one being, what's the opportunity in my clusters? So if we need to re-optimize clusters or what is the value of going store specific? What is that break-even cost for my clustering strategy for revenue gains versus operational costs? So a lot of complexity there um, that we can that we can dig into. The second one 
there we go. The second one being, what are the best stores to sell our innovation items in, but not impact our core flagship brands? So whether talking from a CPG lens or from a retailer lens, this is so important. You know, we need to make sure that innovation items are included, but we wanna protect what's already been there um, our, from our flagship brands. So how do we accomplish this? The third one being, where should I expand or contract my products? So a similar thought, but you know, whether from, um, you know, whether from a more regional perspective or entrenched products nationally, where should I really be placing my bets? Should I be expanding and moving that regional item more national, contracting um, on the other side, or somewhere in between? Next one being, how do I iterate quickly on questions received from my retail partners? Or if I'm a retailer, how do I just iterate quickly on all of the bombardment, all of the questions that I receive on a daily basis? So we'll dig into a few, uh, a few examples of what I mean by that. Some of the questions we might get, you know, bombarded with quickly and how we can uh, iterate quickly on those. And then the fifth one, how can I optimize my days of supply strategy to reduce out of stocks and be, um, and be locally relevant? We know that in, in today's world, we need in every store to be, um, to be relevant. We need to connect with each of the shoppers um, in our local area. And we also need to be in stock. Now more than ever, that's, that's very important to have a balanced days of supply and be able to lean in where we need to lean in. So to dive right into our top pain points and understand those a little better, Lance is going to kick us off with our first point. So I need the ability to make assortment decisions easily at a store level or a cluster level. So Jackie and Dirk on a previous webinar, they talked extensively about reclustering, okay? But I would actually like to change the angle a little bit for people that maybe just have to stay clustered, which I totally understand. Maybe you just can't do it, right? Before I jump into that, let's just talk about how clustering works in Curate. There is a simple on-off inside the tool that allows you to make clustered planograms or store-specific planograms. It's very easy, very simple, and intuitive. Now, if you are somebody that's clustering, right, and you just can't go store-specific, we offer kind of like a parallel path or a multiverse of options at your fingertip. So let's just say you have uh, your clusters and you're like, man, this store is just not performing as well as I would like, you could step into a different scenario where all of your assortment rules are in place and active, but they're store specific. So now you're able to see, okay, how is this store uh, performing on its own, where it doesn't have to be kind of pulled down by all your clusters? Because that's the unfortunate uh, fact is that when you cluster you could potentially hurt your top stores. You could potentially hurt your bottom stores. 
So now you're able to see, okay, what's that impact? What action can I take? This is a conversation starter that you can start to have where maybe I need to break some stores off. Maybe I need to let some stores be on their own. And you're able to control like how many and by how much that's actually possible. Perfect. So digging into the next, uh, the next one, which is what are the best stores to sell our innovation items in, but not impact our core flagship brands? So we'd say, you know, it's important as we sell in that innovation to do exactly that. We don't want to impact our core. Um, I said it in our setup slide, but really in everyday management, category management and retail life, this can be, this can be difficult. And doing it manually can be really time consuming to find the exact right stores while considering sales. And then where is there actually space to execute? and not interfere with our core. So if we need to protect certain items, but we need these new items in a certain number of stores, where should the space come from to slot them in? And so utilizing rules, we constrain the AI model, and that allows us to meet business objectives and goals that we set. So basically we're telling the model what we want to optimize toward, what, what's, our, what's our goal. And we're optimizing towards revenue, you know, movement, or a combination of the two. Or maybe there's another metric that's important to your business, maybe profit or, or something else. We can set that up as a business constraint. And we can say we want our innovation items in either an exact number of stores or in at least a specific number of stores. And we could say we want that based on these sister or like items that we have uh, provide the data for this. So this allows AI to ensure that they're really routed to the most productive places. Um, and, and then we can also write in constraints to do exactly what we said, protect those core items. So here you can see um, there's a list of rules that were written to help achieve our business goals in this category. Now, these can be as high level or low level as needed for whichever business we're working on. So we have clients that use 100 plus rules, more than 200 rules, or sometimes a lot less based on, based on need. So whatever the level of complexity, the AI can, can accommodate that. And so just like in the example, we've written several constraints that will help us ensure different things. So uh, proper orientations, item flow, um, make sure our core is protected, as well as days of supply and points of distribution targets are you know, being achieved. And so by writing our rules to include our need to add innovation as well as protect our core, we really constrain the optimization to give us the best result given our business needs. And so now we see in our top view, we're in a, one specific store our items have been added, retained, removed, as well as how many and which rules apply to those specific items in those stores. This really, this really allows us to get a comprehensive view from a top level as well as a lower detailed level to, to dig into um, our business. All right, where should you expand or contract your products? 
Now, let's say you've got a local brand in California. It's doing great, and it's time to expand. They need more PODs. <clears throat> the natural thinking is to say, okay, hey, I just need to put more PODs in California. But our AI has actually discovered that's not always the case. And sometimes it might surprise you where your products might do really well. So maybe it'll do really well in Florida because there's people traveling back and forth from those two locations. Or maybe their diet is similar. There could be a number of reasons, but it's amazing to see what AI can kind of do in the situation where it would be really hard to tell in a manual fashion. And it's nice because it doesn't just do this for like one item in one store. It does this for many different items in many different stores. So let's talk about what happens in the opposite, where you've got a national brand and it's not doing so well and you need to actually pull back, right? So just like the AI could go dive into all those tiny little details, it can do the same thing to identify where products need to be pulled out. And if you think about how this process would affect you, it's very manual if you were to do it without the AI. You would have to rank and spank your items, you'd have to dive into the details, you'd have to get analytical support, maybe write some complex formulas. Because not all products sell the same way in all stores. So now you've decided, okay, I need to pull back. The AI can just tell you, okay, you should just reduce by 15%. But maybe you're like, no, I, I actually just want to see what's a 5% reduction, 7% reduction. This is where I really like the kind of co-managed model, right, where AI is diving into details you just can't get to. But at the same time, you've got this category expertise that the AI just doesn't have. And the two together is just an awesome force. Yeah, fantastic. Um, the next one is, I think, near and dear to a lot of our hearts. Um, how do I iterate quickly on questions received from, you know, it, both ways, right? Retail partners, if you're a CPG, or just internal questions or thoughts that I have. How do I iterate quickly? And I think, you know, and I think we're very, we may be similar to in a lot of ways when we say, when you get a number of questions, that you just need to answer quickly. So you've just been bombarded by a number of emails. Um, you do a few different things, I think. You generally work more hours um, and or get really stressed, at least I do. Um, and then you have the potential for things to move to the back burner as you rightfully have to shift your priorities. Learning how to do more with less and less time is an ever-present issue, I think, um, for us and having a way that we're able to quickly iterate on these questions posed to us um, is, is key. Um, so let's think for a minute on how quickly to achieve the best assortment strategy and do it quickly when we receive numerous requests at once and need quick answers. Um, so let's say that you need to understand certain churn limits Certain, certain churn limits, um, points of distribution, and days of supply threshold changes, and what those will do to our top-line results. So utilizing AI, we, we do just that. So here we have three different scenarios, 
and each one is utilizing a different constraint on our data set. So let's look at the first one here. Um, let's say that we're only able to change or shift a certain percentage of our assortment for the relay, relay that's upcoming. Um, this can be pretty common from, from my experience. You know, the retailer only wants to do, say, a minor relay, and they want to minimize store operations expenses. So we can quickly do that and test how that will impact our results. So looking at the specific one, we set a 25% churn limit. Um, you know, depending on your business, uh, you know, it's here we have 400 stores and 271 products, which may be bigger or smaller than what you're what you're dealing with. But um, this is generally a little smaller for for what we're we're working with. We can see the revenue impact, units, PODs, and days of supply, a number of other metrics as well. And on this smaller subset or this smaller data set here, um, it took about six to seven minutes to run. Now, as you up the complexity in stores, the amount of products uh, uh, products brought in, as well as the complexity of the rules you wrote, that can go much higher. But on a smaller subset like this, it ran very quickly. Um, second one we wanted to check out was setting a POD increase. So let's say that the retailer wanted to go ahead and go above and beyond what is expected of a certain brand. Let's say they're maybe they're more bullish on a specific brand. And so on this one, we set a specific 5% increase in PODs for a specific brand. Now we were able to constrain the AI and it was able to say, let's bump that up to 5%. Now that was your retailer wanting to do that. Maybe that made sense for some sort of um, strategic conversation they had with another with a CPG um, but then we can see real time in six to seven minutes on this one as well what was the impact of that and we see from a you know a unit standpoint a little bump revenue standpoint a little bump um, and PODs um, a, a decrease on the third example I would call out another quick one that we often need to do is what was what is the impact of a days of supply threshold. By doing this, we can do a lot of things. In this specific instance, we set the DOS minimum to three days of supply on our planograms or mods. And you know we can see the results here. What's interesting is the category already started with a fairly high days of supply, but you know maybe those core items were not meeting that minimum of three, and we absolutely had to do it. And so we can see that, yeah, they uh, they increased even a little bit more. Total average days of supply is up quite a bit. And so by utilizing that AI and constraining it for the business need, we're able to see really quickly how, um, how each of these will impact our category. And so I think one of the things that I thought about is how important this was to me in the past when we're just going through the relay, when we're re-optimizing um, our assortment, but then also through the rest of the year as well when we're off relay cycle and we just want to understand our categories more at the, at the lowest levels. It's been very important for me as well. That brings us to our, our, fifth, our fifth point, and that is you know, how can I optimize my days of supply strategy to reduce out of stocks and be 
locally relevant. And so whether we're a CPG or whether we're a merchant and we're being tasked with ensuring we're doing everything we can these days, right, with all of our out-of-stocks to help reduce these out-of-stocks and make assortments as locally relevant as possible. Um, I mean, the, the main goal still remains the same. We want to ensure customers are coming through the doors, finding the products they need when they need them. And this, this has never been more challenging and um, really important at the same time. Um, but if we look to this simple planogram, we, we do see some things here. We see the result of some of the business rules that we've set and behind the scenes optimization that AI has performed that does exactly what our pain point calls out. We're optimizing days, days of supply and we're doing that based on our unique need and creating a locally relevant assortment. So, so how is this one locally relevant? Specific to this layout, several items that may be considered regional have been included. Now, this was done not because we have a map overlay that says, you know, in this area, these items will, will likely do really well. But it's as a result of the model saying, based on these selling patterns, these items will, will do well in this store. Um, also taking another a deeper look at this is, we've utilized days of supply constraints from previous planograms to set limits on days of supply by store. We can also set that at different levels. For example, let's say national brands versus private label could be treated separately if that's the need of the retailer. And just like I've done in the past with my, with my beverage experience, this was a very real request. Well, how do you ensure that this half day supply, full day supply, whatever it is, is applied appropriately to the right brand or segment of the business? And so utilizing these constraints, we're letting the AI optimize within the parameters that we've set to get that locally relevant assortment, balance the days of supply, and represent what, uh, what is needed in that store. So quickly, aside from the various business rules we've set, we've also listed several rules we've layered on to, uh, to get the certain look that we want. Let's say these are requirements set by the retailer. Maybe it's caused by shelf configurations, or maybe just someone thought it looked pretty, so we need to adhere to that when we're drawing the planogram. So some of these may include heights, allowable heights, certain shelves products can go on. Yeah, let's keep going with that. Uh, strike zone positioning um, and requiring certain items be placed relative to other items or even controlling actual alignment of items as we have here. So these types of constraints are ones that we continue to develop as a team to help us get closer and as close as possible to retail ready planograms. So um, that is our last slide, but just as a wrap up, I, I think I'd say, as we know, there are really numerous pressures and pain points that we face on a day-to-day -day basis in our industry, right? And here we've listed five that we consider to be very real pressing issues that we face. Um, by utilizing AI constraints, we can 
react quickly to questions we receive. We can um, optimize our assortments at whatever levels needed and include those locally relevant items um, while bringing in innovation items, minimizing impact to our core, as well as create planograms that get us, you know, really far down the path of retail-ready layouts. Um, and what, I, what I've enjoyed is that we're continuing to make that progress and enhance those abilities um, every day in that space. So um, just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. And, you know, we're happy to answer any questions you might have. Awesome. Thank you so much to go through some detail as to how AI and machine learning can kind of play a role in these issues that every category manager kind of deals with every day. So, um, all right. Yes, as a reminder for anyone in the audience, feel free to enter your questions in the chat box in the upper right hand corner of your screen. And we've got at least 10, uh, 10 or so minutes to, to go through those. So. Let's start with the first one. Um, how should I think about AI? Does it really support my function or replace my function? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> it's a good question. It's a yeah. good question and one that we've gotten, uh, I'd say probably numerous, numerous times. What we found is that, and I think Lance touched on it in, uh, in one of his slides, is that it's really kind of a, um, it's kind of a relationship that you're building as you're able to dig into the detail of your of your category. The AI, as we're constraining it, can help you quickly identify issues, problems, things like that. But you still have to layer on your industry expertise. You and what it allows you to do is it really helps you partner better with whether it's internal stakeholders, um, your retailer. And it helps them understand that, wow, my partner is really helping me uncover issues and helping build out the business, increase revenue, um, you know, things like that. And so from what I've seen, um, it's been a big boon to those um, to those clients that we've worked with um, and they've been able to further their relationship with their with their retail partners and with uh, with other stakeholders, so uh, I see it as kind of a, a relationship that you're you're able to further as a result of utilizing the AI, and then you lay your expertise, overlay your expertise on it to help create those business rules. So really a relationship, and I've been pleased to see that um, progress with a lot of folks. Great, yeah, and certainly as data sources, you know, continue to proliferate. There's lots of data that can help make some of these planogram decisions, right? Or cluster decisions or store specific planograms. So I would think of it, you know, for the folks in the audience as just a tool to help kind of get through all of the advanced, you know, sources of data that we continue to sort of see enter the marketplace and help us with the decision making, right? Um, but can also be bogged down by it if all of it's gonna stay manual. So That's um, very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. So you did touch on sort of the relationships between retailers and suppliers, but you know, how do you see um, Hybrid in this curate offering really helping with that collaboration? Yeah, fair enough. Um, is that one you would want to you'd want to take? Uh, okay, awesome. So I think I just build on that a little more um, by uh, by referencing an experience. Um, 
we work with clients who work with large large retailers and sometimes retailers as well but the one instance that i'm thinking of um they've been able to layer on business rules um, onto the model and show that very quickly so you know sometimes 30 minutes sometimes a little more sometimes when uh when you have a meeting the next day you might you can test as many scenarios as you would like all, yeah. all kind of at once so let's set up seven ten different scenarios that we can show my my buyer in this instance and so having those 10 is the number that sticks out to me having those 10 different scenarios ready to go where we've tested you know what do pod increases or decreases look by um uh, you know by supplier what a dos constraints look like or you know additional concerns that we have maybe a dc slotting maybe there's um uh you know force ins or force outs that need to occur by by utilizing these and setting them up, them up real time you can collaborate with your with your business partner and be able to say hey we've we've already set these up and depending on the rule set may be able to you know uh, do some things live but uh, more so setting those up ahead of time so that you can run through each of those iterations and guess what uh, what i've seen from that is the retail partners have been blown away wow we can get a, such a granular look at the business maybe this wasn't the right decision that we wanted to to layer on to our business say okay we wanted to lean into this specific brand or lean out of another specific brand and so i've seen that happen as well where it's like okay well that's really the wrong choice let's try something else what else do we want to do we want to try and so by utilizing that it brings a lot of solutions to your partners and really helps build that trust um, from what i've seen so it's been a great tool to help build relationships. If you would like to learn more about Hybrid Curate and how it can help grocers quantify the financial outcome of any assortment decisions and rapidly execute the best merchandising strategy at the store level, you can navigate to hybrid.com forward slash curate and book a demo. Thank you for listening until the end of this podcast. Until the next time.